Welcome. Your journey starts with improving every aspect of your life. Let's Talk Corelicious Leave Room for Dessert podcast is about discovering your true potential, overcoming your fears, and fighting life like the brave warrior that you are. Be sure to hit the like, comment, and follow button. Your host, Miss V, the Core of Life coach, has over 20 years of military and personal life experiences transforming lives from a caterpillar to a butterfly and bringing on the top influencers, successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and more who are rock stars in life, business, and relationships. On days when everything seems overwhelming, someone must remind you that there is light at the end of the tunnel. And with rain comes rainbows. What seems difficult to swallow today is exactly where you'll derive your strength from on the days to come. You are greater than your fears and braver than you seem. Miss V, the core life coach, shares how the hurdles of today will build your tomorrow if you take the right road. Your brighter future demands that you can step up now and change the game for yourself. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Let's Talk Coalitions. Leave room for dessert. With me, Miss V, the Core Life Coach, we're on episode seven. I am absolutely thrilled to have a very special guest with us tonight. Chantette Dyer, the brilliant founder of VTech Business Services, LLC. I am beyond excited to delve deep into Francesca's expertise to military personnel and their families during their transition from the military to civilian employment. Her unwavering passion for helping others combined with her unique background working closely with the U.S. Army has profoundly influenced her approach to empowering her clients to reach their full potential in both their personal and professional lives. Tonight, we have an incredible lineup of topics to explore. We will be shedding light on the challenges that military personnel face when transitioning to civilian employment, debunking misconceptions that employers may have about hiring military personnel, and uncovering the invaluable strategies and tools that Franchette provides to her clients enabling them to thrive in their next career and beyond. Franchette, a warm welcome to the podcast. We are truly honored to have you here. Thank you for having me tonight. You're welcome. Without further ado, let's dive straight into our conversation with the remarkable Franchette Dyer. Franchette, could you please share more about your background and the journey that led you into the business world? Well, my background is in business, and I started this business, Vet Tech Business Services, because of my family. My father and my mother always kept individuals, and back then, we didn't call it entrepreneurship. And so as I saw them helping others and making a difference, I wanted to be a part of that. So my background is in business, but I'm always out in the community trying to find ways to make sure that 
the service members are not left behind. Oh, wow, that's very interesting. What inspired you to establish VTech Business Services LLC, and how has it evolved over time? When I first started my company, my company was started when I was around 16 years old, and I was just helping different organizations and other Fortune 500 companies in doing different tasks for them. But as I grew smarter and wiser, uh, when I married my husband, we went overseas. And I actually was walking past two service members in the uh, BX, in the food court area. And they were talking about not being able to get a government job. And since I was eavesdropping, I decided to let them know that I could help them. And so this is what truly inspired Vet Tech Business Services. Because these veterans were not, or service members, were not making the list. And they didn't know how. And so I started my company, Vet Tech Business Services, to help service members and their families transition into corporate America. Oh, wow. That's very remarkable of you. Your experiences working closely with the United States Army is also truly remarkable. How has this influenced your approach to supporting military personnel and their families? Being on the opposite side, just a regular person off the street, sometimes you don't understand the ups and downs that the military personnel and their families take. When I was a part of that, um, I had to step back for a moment and breathe and understand who I was. And then when I could just refocus, then I took a different approach in making sure that the military personnel was supported by me by helping other military spouses, helping other service members, making sure that if they needed help with resume writing, asking questions about how do I dress for the civilian world, and just having questions about themselves. I was there to support them, making sure that they understood that they had a place in this world where most people look over the military personnel because they think we look for handouts, and that is not really true. And that's part of our challenge that we face when they are transitioning out of the military. And so I wanted to make sure that I gave them those uh, tools that they needed so that people could see them different, that corporations and companies could see them differently. Absolutely. That's very, uh, very heroic of you to... Um, Make sure that you take care of the veterans in that manner. Fred Chet, what are some of the significant challenges that military personnel encounter during their transition to civilian sector? We want to expand on that a lot because I know okay. when I got it, I have some challenges myself. So please, please uh, unpack that for us. <laughs> okay. When you talk about challenges for the military, and for the military family, that's two different things. When you look at okay. the military side of it, let's just talk about the service member for a moment. These okay. challenges comes, comes with the baggage that a service member have, and most companies don't know how to handle that. They come with PTSD, okay? They come with stress. They come with, they're not used to this world. 
They're used to waking up someone telling them what to do. And guess what? The first and the 15th, they have a check. They don't have to worry about anything. They don't have to worry about benefits. They don't have to worry about these things. So that's very important when you have to go to private sector and all of a sudden you're in a right to work state, which means they can fire you at any time and you can quit at any time. They're not used to that. If you got 20 and 30 years in, you're not looking for a company to let you go without giving you any warning. They weren't built that way. So that's part of the challenge is understanding the state that you live in. Is it a right to work state? What's the rules and regulations in hiring and firing? Those are, are very important challenges because before these service members never had to worry about that. And so most people forget that these service members were busy protecting us. So a lot of things that we don't see, they were protecting us. So that's why our everyday life looks so easy because these service members made it that way for us. And we forget that at times. So, so we have to take out time to understand what the military side of a service member really looks like because most of them come out with baggage, with PTSD, with needing mm -hmm. someone to hold their hands to walk them through. It's easy to mm -hmm. say to someone, oh, we help service members, but then when they come, you make a comment like this, I'm not about to help them do the resume. Now, they need to sit down and do that themselves. These are things that people actually say that have already retired. See, mm. I am the CEO of Vet Tech Business Services, so I'm going to give it to you straightforward. A lot of people may not like it, but it is the truth because I still hear, hear it in 2023. So that's wow. very important that you some so you sometimes have to hold the hands of a service member because they don't know, and they've given mm. their life and their marriages and everything to us, and we don't even realize it because we get to walk around. Like it's nothing. Now, on the flip side of that, when you look at the family side of it, that's a mm -hmm. challenge for the military spouse and the dependent. Because most people mm -hmm. think military spouses have nothing to give. They look at us, because I am a military spouse, they love to mm -hmm. give us the admin job. And it's nothing wrong with an admin job. Please understand that, because I've had them. But I have two degrees. I have an MBA and an MSM in management. I can do more than just admin work. I can be a director, a supervisor, a CEO. Yeah. So these are the challenges that we get when we are transitioning as a family and then separate. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's good that you are, are really diving deep into that situation. I want to go back to the PTSD piece. Um, mm -hmm. Have you ever had a service member come in and was very emotional and he didn't know how to really articulate what he needed to say as far as in a resume? And how did you handle it? Yes, I have. Um, what's special, Miss um, B, about my clients is that they come with PTSD. They come differently than most of my clients. A lot of my, oh. a lot of my times I have to sit down with my clients first and they tell me, Mrs. Dyer, you got to give me a minute because I got somebody here with me and it's nobody there with them. 
see, this is why oh, wow. I'm so passionate about my clients. That's why if you're not okay. going to take care of a service member, give them to me because I take care of the full family. So I have to sit down with that service member, give them a time to breathe. And then we talk about the resume. Then I figure out what do you want to do next? Once they tell me what they want to do next, then I find the right job titles, the right career path that they should go that can help themselves as well as their family. And once we find that out, then we create that resume so that it is marketable in the 2023 arena of professionalism uh, with recruiters, with human resource uh, managers, journalists, so they understand what that service member has to offer. We put it in the terminology that is of the now, not the way that it is in the military, but we put it into what they're looking for right now. And when we do that and I explain that to them, then they get that aha moment like, I got this, Franchetta. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Then I go through, you know, questions that they may ask them. And I tell them things that they should not have on their resume. Because some things on our resumes allow mm-hmm. people to open up that PTSD that you have under control. Uh, and let me explain we, that very quickly. I'll, okay, I was uh, going to ask that question. Yes, yes, I'm packing yes. for Okay, what I mean by that is, There are certain things that you should put on your resume and certain things you don't need, but because you're so passionate about it, you want it on there. And I'll give Mm. an example. I had a service member that had a a purple heart. And so we had talked about it. And because we talked about it, I said, it's not that it's not important, but it's not important for this position. You don't need to put that on there. But he said, this is a piece of me. I said, yes, but it's not a piece of you for this position. It doesn't take away because it's not on there. Well, he left it on there. And in the interview, because the recruiter did not understand what a Purple Heart was for, they asked. Mm -hmm. Now he has to go in and tell them why that Purple Heart Award is on there, and they're going to ask questions, questions that they probably should never ask in an interview, but because he doesn't know that, he goes and tries to answer it. Then it opens up another door to PTSD, and then another door. (laughs) So it has a domino effect. So certain things on your resume cannot be on there. It doesn't mean that they're not important. It just means that they should Mm -hmm. not be on there for this position. Okay. So I hope that our listeners are listening to that. I know we have a lot of uh, awards, medals that we have, but we have to make sure it fits the position that we're trying to get hired for. So that's critical for all military service members that are going to see Mrs. Dyer to assist (laughs) you with employment. So please be aware that to be aware that we know we love our medals. I love mine too. But it, it, <laughs> and when it comes to a particular position you're you're trying to get hired for, let's not put that on there because that will go back into personal stuff that we have encountered and which you know a lot of times that can go into triggers and PTSD yes. and stress and a lot of other symptoms that that can cause us to uh, 
go back to. So in the moving forward arena, we would love mm-hmm. to hear some success stories of clients who have triumphantly transitioned from the military to civilian employment with your guidance. Well, the first person that have successfully uh, got a GS job is my husband. <laughs> because my oh, husband cool. was a <laughs> my, <laughs> The first person, let me say that. And he's not really my first person, but I had a specialist in Germany, and she won the GS7. And currently, wow. she's a GS13 now. So awesome. she's doing well for herself. And I can say this because I'm a little compassionate, and I'm very... Um, protective of my enlisted. So my enlisted uh, people or my enlisted clients, they're all 13s and up. I don't, it's 13, 14, 15 and, and, and up that works with me. If they listen to me and they really want this, we work together and over half of them didn't get the hookup. They actually had to apply for the position, answer the questions and interview for the job. The other half, even though they had uh, networked, we still had to make mm-hmm. sure that their resume represented what the person was putting their neck on the line for. And that's important, too. When someone is assisting you in getting a job, don't turn in a resume just to turn it in. Because what happens if you get into that position and you don't like it? Well, now you have a jacked up resume that's not professional and you have to mm-hmm. be stuck with that. So it's best to put your best foot forward the first time around. So I would rest for you to have a great resume and go forward mm-hmm. than to have an uh, unprofessional resume and can't get out of that civilian job. So most of my clients that have worked with me, um, you know how people say, I've helped this amount of people and that covers $1.2 million? Yeah. Well, I had that. I I can... I had that in 1998. I had over mm-hmm. a half a million. So I, I probably have a million now because all my clients mm-hmm. make six figures that, that okay. are enlisted. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So I really work. I, I really dedicate myself to making sure that they are looked at and that they are out there. Because most of the time when my family transitioned, uh, they were offering most enlisted GS5, 7s, and 9s. They wouldn't offer them 13s and 14s and 15s, depending on their ranks. And my rank of my uh, enlisted starts at Sergeant First Class, and he's a 13. I have others okay. that are Staff Sergeants. She's a 13. I have some that are Master Sergeants with a two-year degree. They're 14s. Okay. Okay. So, yes. So I'm very passionate, uh, passionate about not just giving them uh, a great resume, but making sure that they can support their families. Awesome. And that's so important that they're able to provide for their families. Frances, what are yes, some ma'am. common misconceptions that employers tend to have about hiring uh, military personnel, and how do you address them? Some of the um, misconceptions are that we don't know how to uh, blend in. And that's the one thing, that's probably one of the most important thing. And what I mean by that is you have to know the culture of a company to be able to blend in and to be able to have a successful uh, career. 
And I'll give an example. I worked at Rackspace and I was helping a service member there. And he was there mm-hmm. for a while. But the one thing that bothered him was the time. He was used to, mm. if someone said one o'clock, they were there at one. Well, maybe the supervisor got held up on the phone and everybody else came in at 101, 105, 115. He could not adjust to that. And a lot of, and that's one thing that we have to learn is that we have to be flexible and be able to understand the culture of companies before we say yes to the position. And so I work with them. I, I actually make sure that they understand that because I say to them, you say 1300. Some people may not have never been around the military and they say, well, after 12 comes one o'clock. They don't know that 1300. So we want to make sure that they are able to um, conduct themselves in a way that they fit in and they don't feel like an outcast. That is one thing. And then the second thing is that for some, they think that because you hire a military person, that that person, um, is going to come with baggage. And mm. if they come with baggage, then they're going to be out. And what happens if they do have PTSD? And the reason why I keep using that is because that's reality. That is reality when anyone in the military comes out. It doesn't have to be extreme, but they all face it, and so do their families. We just don't talk about the families having it. We mainly talk about the service member having it. But uh, that conception is that we don't know how to handle ourselves. If we should have PTSD, what do we do? We're not an outcast. We don't have a disease. We know what to do and we get help. We're like everyone else. We are hard workers. We understand conflict resolution. We understand leadership. We can follow rules and regulations. We know how mm-hmm. to be on time. And the most mm-hmm. important thing is this. We're not looking for handouts. I know that it is some military personnel that looks at, yes, I'm in the military, so you do owe me something. But not everybody is, is that way. So you need to judge us mm-hmm. on a case-to-case basis. Not the full umbrella is every military person that comes in, they're looking for us to owe them something because that is not a true statement. And that is not fair to that military uh, service member or their family. Absolutely. So um, let's uh, go into segue into what advice you have for military personnel who may feel uncertain about their career path after leaving the military. Well, the first thing that I do when I have a client, I talk to them about transitioning. I need to see where they are in their transition. I explain to them, this is what, and I always say, the real world looks like. And they always say, well, Franchetta, I've always been in the real world. I said, yes and no. Yes, you have, but you haven't been where tomorrow you could be fired. And they look at me Mm -hmm. and they're like, no, no, I haven't. I said, You haven't looked at where today you may not be able to get unemployment. So you may have to go out there and get on a WIC or other things to help your family. Are you willing to do that? And they're like, well, I'm a service member. I said, okay, but what does that mean when you're not in the military anymore? And that's the piece that I have to remind them that you are not the mission anymore. And that's okay to feel feel like you're a little lost. 
but that's why I'm here for. So we go through a process of how, how do you feel? I want to know how are you feeling? Because you can't go and apply for a job if you don't know who you are. Correct. You can't go apply, you know, you can't go apply for a job if you're uncertain about, do I want to work? You can't have the attitude where Franchetta, I don't have to work. So when you go into these jobs and you don't want them, then you just quit. Then you give a bad name to military personnel. Mm-hmm. You can't just have, you no, know, you can't have an okie dokie attitude because there's so many people out there trying to get a job and to work to make sure that they can feed their families. So the attitude has to change. So I work on okay. attitude. You know, I work on the mm-hmm. attitude. I, I work on how they dress. I work on mm-hmm. how they interview. I asked him questions. When, I asked a guy a question one time, and we had prepped for an interview. And he was good. Mm-hmm. He went into the interview, and they started asking him questions. And he said, "Miss Dyer, I just told them, hold on a moment. Let's just have a conversation. And I said, and I know they told you, thank you, have a great day. He said, they did. I said, they will never hire you. He said, because I felt like they were just asking me questions, and they weren't understanding me. I said, no, it was the other way around. They were asking you questions and you didn't understand how you were supposed to respond, even though you had been trained to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a lot of times, even after you have worked with them for months, when they get into that interview, they freeze up. So we practice. No, I tell them to practice in the mirror. So that's why I do practice interviews. I do real practice interviews, nothing made up. I do real interviews that I've been through, that my spouse has been through, through my other clients have been through. I bring that all that knowledge to every one of my clients if they need help in interviewing. They have to come dressed. When I say it's time for an interview and I say meet me at Starbucks and they walk in with blue jeans and a T-shirt, that, uh, that appointment is over because you're not even dressed correctly. Wow. That's good. I don't play. Yes, I do not play when it comes to them trying to get a job and understanding their purpose. Now that they're out mm-hmm. of the military, they have a new purpose. And I have to make sure that they understand that. So where most people would say, well, you know what? They're just in the military. They're going to learn it. Then I'm not, I'm not the person for you because I'm not going to say that. I'm going to tell you this meeting is over because one, you're not dressed appropriately. And where's your resume? Wow. That's spot on. So that's what makes me different. Yes. Okay. Staying up to date with the hiring practices of Fortune 500 companies is crucial. How do you ensure you remain well informed in this regard with the Fortune 500 companies? I'm constantly networking with different companies. I'm understanding their culture. And the most important thing is I'm taking it upon myself to research. So, for example, Mm -hmm. when one of my clients asks me about a company, I go and research it. I look at the culture. I look at the benefits. I look at the rules and regulations of that company, how, how they hire, how they fire. I ask questions. I am constantly actually going on interviews. I constantly go on interviews here and there to stay up on how recruiters are asking for a resumes, what questions that they're asking on the phone interview before you even get in front of a decision maker. 
I go through the same things that my clients go through. So I, I continue to learn by doing. Wow, that's awesome. That's a great way to stay up to date with the hiring practices for the Fortune 500 companies. Francesca, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that civilians tend to have about the military personnel? Well, the, the first thing is that most civilians don't understand the military personnel. That's the first thing. The second thing is that just because you don't understand what they have on that resume doesn't mean that it's not a true statement. And it does not mean that they are not the best person for the job. And the reason why I say that is when they say this, the biggest misconception is that we always write in the terminology that is military. Mm-hmm. Correct? The majority yeah. of us do. But if you take the time to really read a service member resume that has their terminology, you actually can understand it. But because we're so hooked on Google, and if someone says ABCD is this instead of that, and they don't want to go any further, the misconception is that military personnel don't know how to write a resume. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the recruiters have to go further than having two or three seconds looking at a, a, a resume. That's what freaks out military personnel. And that misconception comes in that we don't know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Civilians have to understand that we come from a different world. Yes. We come from a world where people are telling you what to do, telling you how to do it, showing you how mm-hmm. to get promoted, taking time to mold you into what they feel you can be a better person. Okay. To bring out the best in you so that when you do leave the military, you can find a job that suits your caliber of your intelligence. Because awesome. most of the t- yeah, because most of the time, the biggest conception, again, is that we want everything handed to us. Mm-hmm. And that is not true. But we do have one or two people that may do that. But again, they put us under this one umbrella. And not every right. military personnel is looking for a handout. You know, stop. You know, people don't like to be judged. Well, guess what? Mm-hmm. Military personnel doesn't like to be judged either. We're no different than you when it comes to trying to find a job. So take the time to get to know us, ask us questions. We could nine times out of 10 explain that resume to you. But because they have this concept of you can only do this this many times, you know, this long to look at a resume. And if, and if you don't have the ATS stuff, then I move on to the next person. I always say, what if you took the time out to really look at a military personnel? Maybe you wouldn't have too many turnovers, uh, you know, in your company. If you had hired a military personnel and took the time to read the resume a little bit longer. Wow. You know, that's, that's, uh, very critical too. Um, it, it goes back to when I was in the military, 
and I was getting out and I, I was doing my resume myself a few times. But what, what, what I was told is that, that I had too much on my resume and what they would say you were overqualified for the position. Have you ever encountered anything like that from one of your military service members that said that they didn't get it because they was overqualified with what was written on the resume? Yes, ma'am. I, I, I have. And I guess my response would be that's not a true statement. That's a statement that people make up. And we've ran with that for years. Because either you qualified or you're not. It's simple as that. Either you are or you're not. That extra buff stuff that they say about, you know what, you are overqualified. No, I'm either qualified or I'm not. You either chose me or you didn't. So when I talk to my clients, I talk just like that. Either you was qualified or you wasn't. But first of all, before we go any further, let me see the job announcement that you applied for. And let me look at the resume. So I'm looking at the job announcement and I'm looking at the resume. And I said, they didn't want to tell you that you wasn't qualified because this title and everything that they're looking for is nowhere on your resume. And because they are a company that hires military, that was a nice mm-hmm. way of saying you didn't qualify. And so they look at me. Mm-hmm. I said, so when you hear that, you need to take accountability. And this is a piece that I'm very... um I'm very hard on my military clients and the spouses mm-hmm. that you have to take accountability in what is in your resume. When you go out mm-hmm. there looking at job announcement, I'm going to say that you can't apply for everything. People will tell you, oh, because you did this, this, this in the military, you can apply for this, this, and this. No, you cannot because you don't qualify for it. You are not at that right. level. And I've had many people that have been upset with me. And after I told mm-hmm. officers and enlisted, you're going to be a GS-13 program manager. And they say, no, I'm not. And when I look on LinkedIn, I'm congratulating them because they are program manager GS-13. I know what I'm <laughs> talking about be- <laughs> because I've looked at your resume. And when I ask you a certain question and you tell me you can do that, you yes. don't even answer it like a budget analyst would answer it. So that tells me because you got a $1.2 million budget number on your resume and you can't even talk it yeah please take that off your resume if you don't understand what that 1.2 million dollar budget is and the allocations and where they should go and if you bust your budget see i'm talking in terminology of a budget analyst if you don't understand that and the year end please stop saying that because you have not had a 1.2 million dollar budget yeah you had it but you didn't break it down and so those things are important when you have stuff because people will ask you that. So that's where mm-hmm. you get that you was overqualified because they're asking you questions that you can't answer because you've never done it. But you have to remember where that comes from. That comes from individuals standing in front of service members while they're still in the military trying to transition, telling them certain things. And you have to remember this. When you have a colonel, or a senior enlisted, or a senior person standing in front of service members that are about to transition, they're mm-hmm. still in soldier mode. They're still in soldier mode. So they're going to take what you say still as if they're still in the military until they actually either ETS or retire. 
Mm-hmm. So you have to know your audience when you say certain things yeah. to service members because they haven't truly transitioned yet. They're still Correct. a soldier. Correct. So are there any resources or organizations that you ha- highly recommend for the military personnel and their families? Oh, yes. Vet Tech Business Service is the first one. <laughs> then <Okay. laughs> you can <laughs> let me just put that out there because no one is going to do chapter mili- uh, family the way that I do. So I'm going to break down what Vet Tech Business can do. And then I'm going to tell you about the other ones. Vet Tech Business Services, we transition to full family like nobody else. We transition the whole family. We talk to the service members. We make sure that they have a professional resume for free. Then we go to the military spouse. We make sure she has a free resume and make sure that she's ready for the aha moments that may come. And then we go to their dependents who are children in 11th and 12th grade, and we give them a professional resume for free so that they can do internships and get ready to go into college. And then we handle the pets to help them as well. Then we go back to that service member. Yes, so, and and then we go back to the service member, and because I'm a profit organization, then you have to look at my website. But the first the first company you should go to is Vet Tech Business Services to see if we are a great fit for you. And if we are not, we are the first ones to say to you, let's try hiring heroes. They're really good. USO, you know, you can go there and, and, and get assistance. So there are other um, nonprofits that are out there that you can go to. But the one thing that I would say to anyone, it doesn't matter if you pay or don't pay. Don't allow anyone to tell you what you need. And the reason why I say that is I've had clients that come back to me two years later after they've tried everything and saw me first, but everybody said these things. You have to go and find what's best for you and your family. What company Mm -hmm. fits your um, necessities to make sure that your family prospers? You have to go out and look. You have to take time and pick what you need and what's the best fit for your um, business if you want to go into you know your own business or if you want to go in and, and find a job. You have to know what companies can really help you get to your next destination in your career path with your family. I've been meaning to ask you this. We've been knowing each other for a while, but I want to know what, what is VTech? Break that down for me, VTech. Okay, VetTech was put together because I wanted to make sure that veterans understood this is why I made my company. VetTech is there for veterans and their spouses and their dependents. We have to build, you know, build this bridge to uh, eliminate the gap between transitioning and Fortune 500 companies and starting your own business. Okay. Okay. What are your future goals and aspirations for, uh, how you pronounce it again? Vet Tech. Vet Tech. Business Services yes. LLC. So what are your future goals and well, aspirations? My goal is, is to be able to reach more uh, military spouses because a lot of times we are left behind. And people don't understand that we are our spouse's battle buddies. That's us. We are the battle buddies to our soldiers, 
uh, our Marines, whoever they are. We are the battle buddies when they are out. And so I want to make sure that military spouses don't get left behind and the dependents. But also, I want to continue to help the military family. No one else really helps the full family in one spot. And that is what I do from getting into college, from understanding, you know, how to look at scholarships. Because our background at VedTech Business Services is business, but it's also higher education, higher ed. So we can help you uh, with getting into colleges, looking at your grades, telling you what to say if you need to get extra credit, if you need to talk to your advisor. Mm -hmm. So, yes, those are the things that I want to continue to grow and then later be on a uh, be on a TED talk sooner than later. Oh, okay, that's awesome. I was on a TEDx and uh, it was it was very. I had an aha moment. It, I think you would be very good at it because you you have that discerning and you can really just connect with your audience. So I think you'll you'll really enjoy that very much. But Thank I want to go back to. The, spouses, the military spouses, what are some of the unique challenges that the military spouses face when seeking employment, and how do you help them overcome those obstacles? Well, one of the the, the obstacles is that depending on where they are, that's, that's one of the biggest challenges. Like for me, and I'm going to always myself as an example, when we went overseas and we touched in uh, Swankford or Swetsigan, because mm-hmm. I was there for nine years. I think it was Swetsigan. Well, when we got there, I walked out the bus and it it snowed, hailed, and rained all in one step before I got to the hotel. Wow. And I turned around and, and I turned around and said, this is home. But the one thing I heard a lot of was they were not about to take just anything because of their education. If I'm not, mm-hmm. so I looked at them and I said, okay, I get it, but understand, when I got into the government system and understood manpower, which is nothing more than understanding how many people you have in a certain area and, and what the grades are in that certain area, I walked mm-hmm. into an MBA and I walked into a GS4. And oh. most of the women and most of the, but you have to understand the reason behind that, it wasn't that that GS4 was so low. The highest GS grade they had in my area was a six. So I did very well because in less than a couple of months, I was a GS5, and I ran the in not processing. But okay. I took it upon myself as military spouses. The one thing you have to do is have accountability and believe in yourself and take control of your career path. My husband was at work, and I was up at his unit, and I walked in because I was looking for the person who did all the hiring. I will never forget his name was Keith Talafora. I went directly to him, gave him my resume. He looked at it and said, wow, Miss Dyer, you are really overqualified for GS4. I said, well, if you have anything in this area that you need help with, please think of me. I shook his hand, got back on the bus, and went home. For mm-hmm. nine years, I've never had a real interview. I've never had a real interview. And if I did, I already had the job. I was just going through, you know, just the channel. But I've never had a true interview because I learned how to do it as a military spouse. 
and I learned how to take accountability. And guess what? That GS4 that I got, I didn't mm-hmm. interview for it. I got a call from Civilian Personnel Advisory Center saying, can you come in for in-processing? I didn't even know where I was going. And when they finished, I what? said, can you tell me where I'm going? And they told me the, the detachment. I went there, and my husband worked in another department. Wow. That's powerful. He didn't even know it. So all I'm saying to our military spouses is, it's not the point of the grade. I knew what I wanted. And once I got in the system, I targeted someone else's uh, GS position because there's a military spouse and they were leaving. And guess what? I got that position. I targeted everything I wanted. I put myself in, in the position to get it. But I took accountability of getting my position. No one knew my husband. No one knew that soldier at all. It was no hookups. It was me working my butt off in a foreign country to get the next GS position, which had two to 300 military spouses on a list. Wow. Wow. I can tell that you're very passionate about what you do. Let's, let's segue into balancing work with personal life and self-care is crucial. Okay. How do yeah. you manage this delicate equilibrium? Well, I keep my faith balanced, but the most important thing for me is that I close on Fridays. I don't take any clients on Friday. Oh, okay. And uh, that balances out for me because I know how to say no. At the beginning, I didn't. I mm. took everybody. I took any client I could get, I took it. The first year I started my company, I took any client, but with that, <laughs> I also took attitudes. I took people talking ah. down to me. And I had to remember who I was because for a moment at 411, I had people taller than me telling me I was doing this. And the only reason why I had my company was because of them. And so I had to let them know, no, I had my company at 16 years old. You was nowhere in sight. I was helping people then. And so I had to take control of my company. I had to be bold about how I felt about my company, my hard work, my Mm -hmm. uh, family backing me and saying, you can do this. My husband telling me, do what you love. After I got in a car accident, Mm -hmm. you do what you love. And that's what Mm -hmm. I did. I did what I loved. I remembered what I loved. And so with that, I had to put up boundaries because the first year, like I said, I took anybody. That second year, it was totally different. You Nobody was talking to me disrespectful. Everybody talked to me with respect because I give respect. I give you what I want mm-hmm. to receive. And so for that, okay. I had to close down on Fridays. That allowed me to have a little mm-hmm. bit of my time. And then the weekends is for my family. So I, I put boundaries up. And that's very good to have those boundaries up. Now, let's deep yes. dive back into... You have clients that may give you an attitude and <laughs> or it's a twofold. Give you attitude and they want to keep some on the resume and you're telling them not to keep it on there. And they want to keep it on there anyway. So let's talk about that. Okay. Well, with attitudes, I've learned because I've dealt with all ranks from generals all the way down to specialists in the private. That doesn't bother me. But they are very adamant about Franchetta. I'm going to keep this on the resume. 
when I know that they're very adamant about it, mm-hmm. if it's not going to hurt their career path, depending on what they're applying for, they mm-hmm. can. Because what you have to remember is even if I take it off and give it to them and they say, Franchetta, this is great, they're going to add it back on. I won't see it. So you have to, I have to remember that. So I can't take that personal because again, a lot of people have not transitioned from the military, even though it's been 10 years. Okay. Five years. They're still transitioning, unfortunately, because they don't have the right person around them trying to show them how they need to transition. And that is a, that is a process in itself. So when I get yeah. to one that I, I know for a fact that that information should not be on there, like the mm-hmm. Purple Heart uh, example, they were adamant about it. I saw it in their eyes. I could see it in their demeanor. I wasn't going to mm-hmm. argue with them. I allowed them to do it. Then when they saw that, it was a difference when they came back. You know what, Ms. Dyer? I might need to actually take that off. I might really need to take mm-hmm. that off. I said, well, you know... Well, are you sure? Yes, I understand because they're asking me questions that I don't want to talk about. Okay, no problem. We're going to take it off. Now, they could take it off the resume because they got it. They would. They prefer to send it back to me so I can just delete it and then close in the gap and send it back. And that's okay, too. Because the attitude sometimes comes because people have worked hard to get some of those awards. They love yeah. themselves. But you can't love yourself on the resume. Not when it comes to the awards and training. If that training and the awards don't match with the job that you are applying for, people are looking at that. They're looking at that. And they're talking about it before they even talk to you. And they're making jokes about it. Because I have been a recruiter and I've heard them say things about the military and they had no clue I was a military spouse. Because it's nowhere on my resume that I'm a military spouse. Right, right. We have five yeah. more minutes. I'm going to ask you two more questions. Okay. Um, what really motivates you to just stay in it and be there, the confidant, that mentor, and that coach for the spouses and the military members? What What makes you? What keeps you motivated? I can't afford for one of them to be homeless. I can't mm. afford for them to be homeless. I can't. That's it. I, I can't afford for a vet, a, a, a military family to be homeless. I'd rather give them a free resume than not to give them anything. And a lot of them wouldn't even take a free from me. One guy wouldn't, wouldn't, and his family was living in a basement with somebody mm-hmm. else, and he had retired. So I can't afford for not one family to be homeless. That's uh. That's very uh, commendable of you, and I really uh, appreciate you coming on uh, this podcast. This is one of the final questions that I'm going to ask, and we're at uh, 8.51. But finally, Franchetta, is there anything Mm -hmm. else you would like our listeners to know about your incredible work and the profound impact you're making in the business world? Anything else you would like for your listeners to know? And, of course, how they can get a hold of you as well. Um, I just want them to understand that Vet Tech Business Services is here for the entire family. We don't leave anyone behind. We are your battle buddy. 
when you are weak and you don't understand what is going on, that's where you need to call Vet Tech Business Services. We're like no other company. We really do understand what it means to be a military spouse, a dependent, and a service member. And we understand what you have given up, and we want to make sure that we help you be successful and that your family continues to grow. I'm going to add a little bit more to that question because with the military and the uh, the spouses, we're talking about her business, but please make sure that you address any specific needs that she may need to know about, that Franchetta needs to know about. I think that's very critical to talk about specific needs. So is there anything that on the resume, if someone comes in uh, really quick, we'll talk about it. I'm just thinking about mm-hmm. this specific needs. Do we need to put on there their disabled veteran or years of service? Is that important to put on the resume? It depends on what they are applying for because sometimes that can be the killer's heel for them. Some people won't hire you because you are a military personnel. So it, it's a catch-22. Uh, we need to know first where you are applying to, and I'll ask those questions like, what companies are you looking at? Because I have to look at those companies, and I do research to assist them so that they make sure that those companies are what they want because it may not be a good fit just off the culture of it. So putting on disabled veteran may not help you get the job, but it could hurt you. So it depends on the questionnaire as well and how they answer the question, if I'm being very honest. But when I sit down with you, you can tell me everything that you feel you want to tell me, but I will get the specifics out of you in less than probably 10 minutes because I know what to ask. Every veteran, every service member, every military spouse, even their dependents. So they don't have to worry about being nervous when they come and speak with me. I'm very gentle. I understand, and I will walk them through the full process, and they will feel very confident. Even if they don't use Vet Tech Business Services, they will always leave with some type of tip to help them be better at job uh, hunting. Well, thank you. This has been a heartfelt interview. You have really graced our presence, lady. I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, it kind of brought back memories for me of uh, <laughs> being in the military and getting out yes. and all the, the uh, concerns I had of uh, transitioning from the military to talk about the veterans, the spouses, give them some tools and techniques that they can be able to go in as successful people in whatever job they would like to uh, accomplish in their journey of being successful. Once again, thank you for being on the show. Bye for now. Let's talk Corlicious Leave Room for Dessert podcast with Miss V. The Core Life Coach will give you the tools to build resilience and activate the leader within and identify what truly matters in your life. Some years down the line, you'll look back and smile at how you thought you might not get through it. That's when you'll be proud of yourself for prioritizing your well-being and personal growth. You are the rock star that your family and kids look up to for light. 
Let's help you grow and evolve with Let's Talk Corelicious Leave Room for Dessert podcast with Miss V, the Core Life Coach, an unparalleled opportunity to truly live up to your fullest potential and find comfort in your own skin. <laughs> 